just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I got to be honest with you. I woke up this morning. I had a scratchy throat and a runny nose. I was a little tired, but I only got a few hours sleep last night, so that may be from that. But clearly, I got something going here. And could it be COVID, Delta, or Omicron? Sure, it could be. I mean, from what they're saying on TV, everybody's going to get Omicron at one point, but I'm not worried about it because, well, I have the vaccine and I have the booster. And I'm told that if you get Omicron after having those things done, you get a super immunity after the fact. I know that because I have the vaccine, if in fact I do have some form of COVID, that it's going to be fairly light and uh, it'll be a few days and then I'll be done with it. So I'm not really too worried about it. I don't really have any plans other than to hang out here at the condo doing TikToks and podcasts. So that's easy enough. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Because I don't go out a lot, it would be surprising if I did get Omicron. Well, we'll see what happens. Now, some of you are going to probably say, well, why don't you take a test? Well, try to find a fucking test someplace. You go to Walgreens, you go to any of these places, and you can't find them. <laughs> I, just, I just had somebody send me a clipping, an ad from Menards. Now, if you're not from this area, Menards is like, a, I don't know what I'd compare it to, like a Lowe's. It's got a lot of uh, lumber and tools and paint and all that sort of thing. But apparently they do have some of the tests. Now, one of the things I'd heard was that there are a lot of phony tests out there, counterfeit tests. So you have to be careful as to what you're buying. Not so much about losing the money, but by getting a false positive or a false negative and not really knowing anything after taking the test. Now, I'm particularly sensitive about this because I'd been in the business for a number of years where I would sell truckloads of something to people who want truckloads of something. I'll give you an example. I had somebody call me up and say, I've got 10 truckloads of jalapeno peppers in a can. You know, something you'd see at a dollar store. So I thought, well, I've got no chance of selling this, but I'll give it a shot. I put the stuff out there. I talked to a bunch of people. And then I ended up selling all 10 truckloads to none other than the fucking dollar store. I made a few bucks off of that. But when you do that sort of thing, occasionally you'll come across pharmaceuticals or different things, and and you have to be very careful about what you're selling. You don't typically see the loads so if they're counterfeit or if they're expired, you got to make sure that that's not the case. you got to get pictures of the boxes and stuff. And I've sold some things to Menards in the past, and they're pretty cheap. They're not easy to deal with. So if I'm going to buy a test from Menards, I'm going to check it over very closely because I could see how they could very easily end up with some of these counterfeit tests. So 
I'll take a look at it, try to get a test. But nonetheless, I'm going to stay indoors for a few days and see what happens. I'll still be doing the TikToks. I'll still be doing the podcast. I don't feel that sick. But uh, it's interesting that I would get it if I don't go out much. Now, my wife does, and maybe she gave it to me. I don't know. doesn't fucking really matter. As long as I'm prepared, I'm not expecting anything serious. And uh, I'll just do what I need to do. So, so you're going to hear me drinking something from time to time because I need it to clear out my throat. You probably hear I sound a little different, too. <laughs> Maybe I sound like I have a lower voice, like a real announcer, as opposed to normally the way I sound. But anyway, that's the explanation. Don't want you to worry. I'm fine. I feel good. Just got a little bit of a runny nose. The scratchy throat went away, but I have a feeling it'll be back tomorrow morning. Probably from sleeping with my mouth wide open and having it dry out. But nonetheless, I'm doing just fine. We'll see what happens with it. Well, a lot of things happening this week in uh, politics and in news. We uh, just heard that a U.S. judge has rejected a bid by Britain's Prince Andrew to dismiss Virginia Giffrey's civil lawsuit accusing the Duke of York of sexually abusing her when she was 17 and being trafficked, trafficked, sorry about that, trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein. So what, what, what the prince, Prince Andrew, tried to do is when the lawsuit came about, he went with his lawyers and said, we should dismiss this because of whatever. And the judge said, yeah, no, we're going to go ahead with the trial. Now, that's the last thing that Prince Andrew wants to hear. Now he's going to be asked to be deposed. So he's going to have to come to America, sit down with some lawyers and answer some very hard questions. And then he will go on trial. Again, this is a civil lawsuit. This isn't criminal. He's probably outside the statute of limitations for any criminal uh, punishment, but this is civil. Now, here's what could happen with this. Prince Andrew could say, well, fuck, I'm in England. I'm not going over there. I'm just going to stay over there and hide. And he probably will do that. But the problem with doing that is if he doesn't show up to the depositions, if he doesn't go to trial then he loses by default. And whatever this young woman is asking for in compensation, she will get the full amount. There'll be no argument about it. He lost by default by not showing up. Now, people will say to me, yeah, well, the royal family is in, is in England. Good luck getting the money. And uh, besides, they've got so much money, it doesn't matter what they give her. Uh, they'll be able to afford it if they even pay it. Well, here's what you got to understand. The money that this young woman would gain from the royal family is not the big issue. They're very concerned about appearances and that they're above it all. That's what royal families do. So if they go to trial and he doesn't show up, they win by default. They're going to try to collect the money and they will probably collect the money. But if there's problems collecting the money, then guess what? 
there's going to be a lot of information coming out. She's going to write a book. She's going to go do TV interviews, Internet interviews and the like. And this isn't going to play out very well for Prince Andrew or the royal family. They don't like that because, as I say, they're very particular about their perception and how they appear to the public. So, we'll see what he decides to do. Usually, a prince of England, the Duke of York, if you will, or the royal family, always seems to get away with stuff. They find a way to sweep it under the carpet, uh, hide it, or just pay their way out of it. And I'm surprised they didn't do that in this case. They didn't just pay her off so there is no trial. You could pay her off, make her pay a, or make her sign an NDA, and then make it disappear. Yeah, it might cost you a few million dollars, but what's that to the royal family who has billions of dollars? That would have been the smart move. But maybe Prince Andrew actually thinks he's innocent, so he wants to fight it. Ah, I doubt that. That doesn't pay off very well for him. Even if he wins the case, there's going to be a lot of information leaked out of that uh, trial and it's not going to look good for him. I mean, let's be honest. Prince Andrew, best buddies with Jeffrey Epstein, went to the island many times. He's got this woman claiming that he sexually abused her when she was 17. All of this isn't a very good look, so we'll see what he does. But uh, this first step, he's not going to be happy about because he was expecting to get some preferential treatment because he's a fucking prince well not in america you aren't and uh, if you rape 17 year old girls there's going to be a price to pay and no they can't get you for criminal behavior because of the statute of limitations but they can take your money and expose your shit to everybody and trust me when there's things that are exposed about what he may have done it's going to be all over the country all over england all over the world and this isn't going to be fun for the uh, royal family. All right. One of the things that people seem to worry the most about these days is inflation. And in fact, inflation, it was announced today, has reached 7%, which is the highest in 39 years. I think we're talking 1983. This raises prices on most things for all of us raising prices because of increased demand and because they can't. See, that's the thing. Everybody wants to blame Joe Biden for inflation. Now, he should be able to somehow manage it and maybe bring it down. And frankly, the Build Back Better deal will help him do that. But the fact that there is inflation, I've talked about this before, and I'll say it again, isn't necessarily Joe Biden's fault. I mean, when you have a major event in a country, like the pandemic, it changes the whole supply chain. And then when people start buying again, it takes a while for the supply chain to catch up. So now you have uh, high demand and uh, a low amount of product. So that makes prices rise. But there's also something else to consider here. These companies understand the circumstances. We've seen it with oil and gas and such. These people see an opportunity. Now, what we're finding out 
is that in spite of the fact that there's a supply and demand issue here, and that's why we have inflation and people are paying more money, what's funny is, under those circumstances, if all of that was true, it shouldn't make a difference in the amount of profit a company makes. I mean, if the uh, supply is more expensive to the seller, and then they have to charge more money to the end buyer, there shouldn't be a lot more profit in there, but there is. If you look at what these companies are doing and how much more money they're making, so what they're doing is they're raising the amount because of the supply and demand situation, but then they think, what the fuck, we're here, we'll kick it up a little bit higher. They're gouging people. They're taking advantage of the situation now that they have an excuse with the uh, um, uh, supply and demand situation and the supply chain situation. So they're taking advantage of it. And that's something we need to look at. It's one thing to have higher cost and charge a higher price. But if you have higher cost and you charge a higher price and then some, well, that's a problem that's a problem. And some of these people are going to be exposed for doing that. And it's not going to be a great situation for them. They're going to take a lot of heat, bad publicity. There might even be some legal issues to this. So we'll be watching that closely. But here's what I want to tell you. Everybody's butthurt about inflation. So they're mad at Joe Biden. I mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again because it's worthwhile mentioning. Yes, inflation is high. But unemployment is way down, under 4%. Wages are higher. Everybody looking to hire employees are finding that there aren't enough. So this gives potential employees a lot more leverage, a lot more power in going to look for a job. In fact, they may even qualify for jobs they wouldn't normally qualify. I think I told you... um, my wife took a part-time job after she retired from teaching with an airline. And they don't pay much. You know, they don't pay much, and that's not why she's doing it. Um, she's doing it for the flight privileges, and so she and I can go out and do stuff and go out of town free of charge on the plane. But it's interesting. She's been there like four months, and she's gotten three raises to a total of $3 an hour raise since the time she started to now. She wasn't asking for it. She wasn't demanding it. It wasn't part of the scheduled raises with that company. The thing is, that company, like a lot of other companies, are seeing it's tough to find people to fill positions. So once they find people to fill positions, if they're doing a good job, they want to make sure they're taken care of and paid properly and treated properly. And that's what's happening in this situation. My wife is pretty, pretty uh, determined to do a good job. She's very conscientious and she's older than a lot of these people, but she does the job and she does it efficiently. So it's in their best interest to make sure she stays on the job. And that's something you would never see. But because there's a shortage of employees, they want to take care of those folks that are there. They don't want to have to keep hiring and retraining people over and over again. It's bad enough as it is. I mean, a lot of these people that come into these jobs 
aren't necessarily qualified to do the job. They don't understand customer service. They don't understand that you got to work eight hours a day instead of two hours and fuck around for six. You see a lot of that these days, and I'm not going to say it's because of the age of the uh, employee, but let's be perfectly honest with you. Most of the people that aren't working hard and just slacking are the younger people. Now, you might think to to uh, blame the younger people, millennials or what have you, but let, re- let me remind you, one of the reasons they are that way is because of their fucking parents. And guess who their parents are? <laughs> They're fucking us. So we may have been the problem in this situation, made them feel more entitled and made them feel like they can get away with not working hard. Anyway, all that stuff is going on. Everybody's complaining and bitching about the inflation situation. I'll grant you it does affect a lot of us, all of us, because you go buy things and they're a lot more expensive. And if you're working on a budget, it's tough to be able to maintain your lifestyle if your budget is changed by 7% or 10% or 15%. There's just no room in it. Most people are making enough money to pay their bills and live, and then they have to wait till the next check. If now all of a sudden you say, okay, we're going to add another 10% of expenses on you, that leaves you a 10% deficit unless you change your buying and your lifestyle. And that's not fair. I understand the irritation. I understand the anger of it altogether. And uh, just to understand, this is a temporary situation. This will go away, and it'll probably go away in the next three months or so. Things will even out. The supply chain will improve and get bigger and faster like it was before the pandemic. And hopefully at that point, these people that are gouging us, these companies, will be in a situation where they can't do that anymore because the supply chain isn't a good excuse. Let's hope against hope. Or they get exposed for what they're doing and pay a price. But inflation is a bad thing, I'll grant you that. But everything else about our economy isn't just good, it's outstanding. The stock market is way up. Your 401ks are up. Pay is higher. The job market is better for people who need jobs. Unemployment is way down like farthest down we've seen in 50 years. So you can get mad at uh, Joe Biden about inflation. But if you're going to do that, you better start giving him some credit about all the good things happening in this country. To be perfectly honest with you, um, um, economics people, economists, stock market, they're looking at what's going on out here and they're seeing some very positive things, things that they're excited about. I go see our financial planner, and, you know, your investments go up and down. He goes, don't worry about it. This is the best I've seen it. Just sit back, wait, relax. It will go up and down, but you'll end up way better after it's all said and done. Now, I don't normally trust financial people. I've run into many in my time, and most of them are fucking crooks, the ones I've talked to. Now, this guy we have now was recommended by a friend. He's very sharp. He's very honest. He's very decent. And I trust him implicitly. 
We had another situation with Donald Trump. Big baby, little bitch, Donald Trump. He was doing an interview with a gentleman named Steve Inskeep on NPR. Now, during this whole process, Steve Inskeep is actually a true journalist and asking hard, direct questions, which is definitely not the thing that Donald Trump wants to deal with. So what does Donald Trump do? Well, he diverts, he distracts, he bullshits, he gaslights, and he keeps saying the same things over and over, the same things he's said for, you know, for a year. But then Steve Inskeep hits him with some facts, and he tries to divert away from it, but Steve Inskeep tries to pull him back. Now, Donald Trump doesn't like this. He's a narcissist. He wants to control everything. But this interviewer is a good interviewer and isn't going to allow him to control it. So you can hear that Donald Trump is getting frustrated. And then in the middle of a question, Donald Trump hangs up and runs away. That's what narcissists do. When they can't win and they're cornered, they sometimes will get very angry and scream and yell. Or if that's not going to work, they'll just bolt. They'll be the fuck out of there. And that's what Donald Trump did. You know, it's ironic that all these Trump humpers and Donald Trump himself like to get us to believe that he's a tough guy. Well, he's not a tough guy. He's a coward. And we've seen him as a coward over and over again for the last five years. And he bolted on this interview. He wouldn't want to answer the questions that were hard because he didn't have answers for them. And the fact is, this particular interview wasn't accepting the bullshit. He said, yeah, but, and pushed him deeper into the corner. Donald Trump didn't like that. He thought that was a problem. And instead of answering the question, or at least trying to fake it, he runs like a little bitch. Donald Trump is exactly that, a coward, a little bitch. And all the people that follow him and support him are just the same. If they believe he's a tough guy, they're the same kind of people. They think they're tough guys. They'll get in your face. The moment you push back, they fucking run because they're all cowards. They all know they have no facts. They know that they're all bluster and no substance. And that's exactly what Donald Trump is. And he showed us on this interview on NPR with Steve Inskeep. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. I'm still feeling a little weird. I don't know if I have COVID or Delta or Omicron or if it's just a common cold. Who the fuck knows? I will be getting a test. I'll let you know what I find out. But nonetheless, because I'm vaccinated and boosted, it's more than likely it'll last for a couple days, and then it will be gone. Now, there was a period last week that, My wife thought she might have had Omicron or COVID or whatever she had. And it was for a few days, and now she's fine. And when she got COVID and I was feeling good, I started calling her COVID Kitty. Now, you older people will remember the reference. You remember the song by Dr. Hook and his medicine show? They had a song called Cover of the Rolling Stone, and there's a line in that song that goes, I got a freaky old lady named a cocaine kitty who embroiders on my jeans. 
So I thought I'd just change it up, thought it would be kind of funny, and started calling my wife COVID Kitty. Funny, she didn't see the humor in it, but I was laughing my ass off. Anyway, let's talk about uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden gave a very strong speech recently, and it was about the voting rights bill. And he seemed to be very outgoing about it. In the speech, he said, look, I've been very quiet about this, talking behind closed doors, and I'm tired of doing it. I'm going to come out and I'm going to speak about it. And it's a very strategic thing for him to do that. He says we need to get the voting rights bill passed, and he's absolutely right about it. That should be the priority right now, and I believe they will get it done. But he called out a lot of the Republicans and even Manchin and Cinema, And by doing what he did, he made it public. Now, Chuck Schumer is looking at uh, getting this thing voted on sometime soon, like today, tomorrow, whenever. And Chuck Schumer knows it's not going to pass the Senate because at this point you need 60 votes, a supermajority, and there's no Republican that's going to vote for it. Hell, we don't even know if Manchin and Cinema are going to vote for it. So it's not going to pass. But they're doing that for a reason. They're putting it out there, forcing the vote, so people have to commit one way or another. And now with Joe Biden out there talking about how crucial it is to our democracy and how it would be a shameful thing for people not to vote for it. Now they're going to hang these signs on all those people that decide not to vote for it. And that's not a good thing because if this thing goes sideways, they get it passed and everything is much better. All those people that didn't vote for it are going to take some heat from their constituents. And they don't want to do that. So Chuck Schumer's forcing the issue and going to have a vote in the Senate tomorrow, today, whenever it's going to be, and it's going to fail. Now, once it fails, then they're going to go at it with carving out the filibuster. Because you see, with the filibuster, you need a supermajority of 60 votes. Without the filibuster, you need a simple majority of 51 votes. That's all the Democrats and Kamala Harris breaking the tie. So that's the way to do it. But the only way they can do it is if all 50 members of the Senate agree to do it. Problem is, of course, is Manchin and Cinema. So by doing what Joe Biden did in this talk, he put some heat on them. They both claim to like voting rights, but they don't want to carve out the filibuster to get it done. And let's be honest, Joe Biden didn't want to do it either. But now Joe Biden sees that that's the only way this is going to get done. So they're putting more and more pressure on Cinema and Joe Manchin. Now, Cinema was in a meeting with uh, some Democrats. So obviously, she's feeling the pressure and trying to get to voting yes on this. And Manchin, a lot of people are riding him. I'm following him all over the place, and he seems to be breaking down a little bit. He almost has to. He's going to look bad if he doesn't vote for this voting rights bill. But first, they've got to somehow carve out the filibuster, the thing that nobody wants to do. And I find that so ironic, because uh, Mitch McConnell comes out, and he's furious about the prospect of carving out the filibuster. He's very mad. He said what Joe Biden did was unpresidential. It was beneath his office. It was incoherent. Well, I listened to the speech. It wasn't incoherent. 
It was very clear, and it wasn't unpresidential. Let's be perfectly honest. Mitch McConnell never said it was unpresidential when Donald Trump said white supremacists were good people or when he made fun of a handicapped reporter. Mitch McConnell didn't say anything at that fucking point, so his uh, level of sophistication or sensitivity isn't quite as high as what he's trying to play this out with the Democrats. He doesn't want the uh, carve-out because all he wants to do is own the Democrats. So what's going to happen is they're going to vote on it. It's not going to pass. The pressure is going to be on Manchin and Cinema. Then they're going to have to do a simple majority in passing a carve-out in the filibuster, which they will do, and once that's done, then they will pass the voting rights bill. This is an absolutely essential thing for them to do. This is the most important thing for them to do, and that's, well, that's how it's going to play out. Joe Biden is going to get more in people's faces. Talk. Um, the talk is that he's going to a uh, Democratic caucus luncheon, which a president never does. But Joe Biden spent 36 years in the Senate, so he's been at many of those luncheons, and he knows how to work that room. So Joe's showing up. Teachers coming to the playground to talk to his students and get them to do the right thing. I think when it's all said and done in pretty short order in the next couple of weeks, we will get the voting rights bill passed. And then you can expect Joe Biden and the Democrats looking at the Build Back Better bill. That's the next thing they've got to get passed. So the House Select Committee is interviewing more and more people all the time. Kaylee McEnany testified in front of the House Select Committee yesterday. You'll remember her. She's the woman that came out in the uh, press briefings for Donald Trump and the Republicans and lied pretty much all the time. She was so full of shit, it was ridiculous. She was such a sycophant to Donald Trump, it was sickening to watch. Well, now she agreed to go testify in front of the House Select Committee. She was supposed to do it a couple of months ago, but she did it today. Now, we don't know what was said in that meeting or that deposition, but I have to believe, in spite of the fact that she's not very prone to telling the truth, she had to be more careful today. At this point in time, she sees where everything's going, and she needs to save her life. She's a relatively young woman, and if she ever hopes to work again in Washington, D.C., well, she needs to do the right thing. We'll be interested to hear what was said when she was interviewed. Now, we know that... uh, um, that the House Select Committee has asked Jim Jordan and Scott Perry to testify. Both of them said, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And today, actually actually yesterday, they said, Kevin McCarthy, we'd like to speak to you. Now, here's what's interesting. Several months ago, somebody posed that possibility to Kevin McCarthy and said, if some outside committee wants to talk to you about the insurrection day, since you talked to Donald Trump a number of times, would you testify? Kevin McCarthy said, well, sure. (laughs) It's funny. Well, now he's getting asked by an outside committee 
to testify in front of the House Select Committee. And very quickly, Kevin McCarthy says, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, he's gone around talking about the House Select Committee, claiming it's a sham. But what do you expect he's going to do? See, Kevin McCarthy, with all the things that are being exposed, he's in a different situation Mm -hmm. than just having um, information. What he's got going is possible criminal activity. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy could end up getting indicted for obstruction, for working with the insurrectionist, for doing any number of things. So Kevin McCarthy feels like he's in trouble, and he should feel like he's in trouble because he fucking is. Now, the question is, are they going to subpoena Scott Perry, Jim Jordan, and Kevin McCarthy? Now, for whatever reason, the House Select Committee and Congress think it might be kind of a hard thing to subpoena their own members. Now, there's no law against it, but it's just never been done, mainly because most House of Representatives folks have had a little more integrity and showed up and talked. Not this time around, because each one of these people could also be criminally implicated. So they're scared. It's going to be interesting to see if the House Select Committee does something to force them to testify or refer them to the DOJ for criminal contempt of Congress, whether they're going to get subpoenaed. Who knows what's really being done? What I suspect is they knew these people would not testify. They did this to expose them, to show people what kind of folks they are. They've got enough interviews and evidence up to this point where they don't necessarily need them. They've got people that have worked with them that have already testified and probably have as much or more information than these clowns have. And that's one of the reasons they're nervous about it. The House Select Committee knows more than these people would like them to know. So they imagine a trap when they sit down. They're going to ask him a hard question, something about an illegality, and uh, they can't lie because now that's perjury, and they are definitely going to jail for that. So it's a tight situation. This is something they just don't want to talk about. They don't want to discuss it. But unfortunately, you can try to ignore a subpoena. But when this all comes out, you can't ignore an indictment. And each one of these three is at risk of getting an indictment. Now, as I've said, the House Select Committee has interviewed more than 300 people, has all kinds of evidence, has documents. We're still waiting to hear what uh, the Supreme Court says about the National Archive documents. Again, my suspicion is that they won't take it on. They'll send it back and uh, Donald Trump's fuck, because then they will send back the documents, and it will go to the House Select Committee, and then they'll have everything. It's just a matter of when the Supreme Court is going to make that ruling. We'll be watching that closely to see what the fuck happens. But the next step I'm hearing from um, some of the members of the House Select Committee, the next step is to go more public, which is going to be a welcome relief to a lot of us. There's a lot of things that have happened. We don't know anything about it. 
But one of the main reasons they are doing what they're doing is to expose this evidence to the general public so we all know what was really going on and how bad it was. So the next step, probably fairly soon, they're going to have televised hearings, public hearings. You have to understand, while they're going through all these depositions and such, they're organizing the evidence. They're planning a show, if you will, as to how to expose these criminal activities. And they're going to do it in a very proper way. It'll start slow, and then they'll expose more and more and more. And like I say, it's going to probably start in the next couple of weeks, I'm guessing. Maybe not, but probably and then all of a sudden, it's going to be the hot show on TV, the hottest, the hottest miniseries you're going to find. It's going to be not unlike um, Watergate back in the 70s, except it will be more widely seen. It will be more shit to discuss, more evidence to expose. And this is going to be a big problem for the Republicans. And they know it. They know it. That's why they're trying to discount this whole House Select Committee. You know, Kevin McCarthy has said, this is just a sham committee. They're just going after the Republicans. Well, of course they're going after the Republicans because they're fucking criminals. They're corrupt. They tried to overthrow this government. Who else are you going to go after? The Democrats? Well, they didn't do it. The Republicans did. And they deserve to be exposed for the bullshit they did. All right, uh, here's an interesting story. It's always entertaining when there's a story involving Mike Lindell. Now, Mike Lindell has been promising dates and information for almost a whole year. Oh, Donald Trump will be back in office. Oh, I've got all these documents that are going to prove everything. And every time, nothing comes of it. You would think that after a period of time and enough failures, Mike Lindell would say, well, this probably isn't a good route to go. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Well, he's made another prediction, and this one is a doozy. He is claiming that he has enough evidence to put 300 million Americans in jail for election fraud. Really, 300 million Americans. Do you know how many Americans there are in the United States? Total, 330 million, just short of 330 million. So you're telling us that 95% of the country could be charged with election fraud and put in jail based on the evidence that Mike Lindell has? <laughs> well, we've never seen any evidence that Mike Lindell claims to have, and I'm sure that uh, we won't see this. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. How could you, how could you charge 300 million people with election fraud? That would have to include me and you and everybody else listening to this podcast. But what the fuck did we do? All we did is go vote one time like we're supposed to. It's, it's absolutely silly. I, I get so tired of listening to Mike Lindell because he's so foolish and so dumb. 
He got lucky. He had a company that was making a lot of money. He's pretty much shot that in the ass. He's wasting his money. This guy is just going to be homeless and a crackhead once again. It's going to be full circle for Mike Lindell. Now, the interesting thing is I drive by there every so often to see if there's any change. His headquarters, his main offices and warehouses, are probably about six miles away from where I live. And I go down in that area for other reasons. And I always go by expecting some kind of fucking catastrophe. I mean, is he going to burn it down? Are the people going to strike? Is he still paying salaries? I don't know. Is anybody even buying his fucked up pillows? I can't imagine they are, except maybe the base. But the base folks can't afford a fucking cheap pillow from Goodwill, let alone a $70 pillow from Mike Lindell that's worth pennies. So I can't imagine his business is going well. He's probably going through his money very quickly. So he's got to make a big claim. And he claims 300 million people. He has the evidence that shows 300 million people could be charged with election fraud. (laughs) Oh, my God. If I'm following Mike Lindell, I'm going to start getting nervous right about now because the shit he said all along has been pretty crazy, but not much crazier than that shit. That's not even possible. He's trying to make a point. He's trying to hype this up, trying to get people excited, but he doesn't know how to do it. I mean, I'll give Donald Trump uh, some props here. He knows how to do it. It's becoming old and worn right now with Donald Trump. But this fucking clown, Mike Lindell, has no clue what to do. At some point, somewhere, at some time, you've got to come through with something you've promised. But not once has he come through with anything. How many times is Donald Trump going to be put in office? How many times is he going to meet up with JFK Jr. in Dealey Plaza And they'll both be put in office. Trump as president and JFK Jr., who's been dead for 20 years, as vice president. The whole whole situation is just so fucking ridiculous. I cannot believe that there are people stupid enough to believe it. But damned if there isn't. There's a lot of people who believe in it. People I run into. They know how I feel. They know what I do. And they want to argue with me. Because these people can't just shut up about it. Even if I don't say anything, if they know how I think and how I talk, they got to somehow come up and somehow shove it in my face. They want to do to me what the Republicans want to do with uh, the Democrats. They want to own them. They want to prove them wrong. And that's what these people want to do with me. Unfortunately, it never goes well for them because I don't get sucked into their strategies. I don't yell and scream at them. I give them facts. And then I start making fun of them. Then I just start laughing at them because that's the thing they hate the most, not to be taken seriously. These people are acting the way they are because in their lives, they've never been taken seriously. They've never had any power. And even though they have no substance now, they want to play the bully part and force their way through to get some power. Well, these fucking idiots aren't going to get it through me. They're going to go through some shit if they come up to me. And some people do. 
I don't let it last very long because there's no point in arguing with these clowns. Uh, I usually shut it down, and as I say, I start laughing and walk away because these people are pitiful, and they are, in fact, jokes. Now, I get a lot of people asking me, what's going on with Matt Gates? We keep hearing about Matt Gates, but when is he going to jail? He's a pedophile. And I'll, I'll agree with you. It's taken too long for my taste as well. What we know is his buddy, his pedophile buddy, was giving up some information on Matt Gates. When it came down to uh, sentencing time, he was hoping to get some time off. But then he wanted to delay it a little bit more, and I, why the courts allowed this, I don't know, but they gave him another 90 days to give more information on Matt Gates and presumably other politicians in Florida. So that date is in March. That is the drop-dead date for this Goldberg clown, and he's going to get sentenced. And by that time, he will have given out as much information as he can give, and hopefully he will get some time taken off his sentence. But to be perfectly honest with you, his sentence is pretty substantial. He's likely to spend the rest of his life in prison. He broke a lot of fucking laws. But even if he get 10 or 15 years off, it's not going to really help him that much, but he's going to try to get it. Well, something interesting happened with Matt Gates. Everybody's talking about when's something going to happen? When's something going to happen? Well, nothing directly happened to Matt Gates yet. But yesterday, his ex-girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend went into court and testified in front of the grand jury, the grand jury looking into all the criminal offenses of Matt Gates, and this is not a good sign for Matt Gates. This is a woman who's been by his side, was his ex-girlfriend, but she knows all the stories, and she might have some trouble of her own, and if she wants to get out from under that trouble, she's going to have to talk, and she's going to have to talk seriously and truthfully. And unfortunately, Matt Gates is going to take the heat on this situation, as well as he should. I mean, he's the one that committed the crime. He's the one that had sex with a girl, 17 years old, even paid her. Then he's also being looked at for sex trafficking. And he's also being looked for obstruction. All three of these crimes, with whatever sentence he may get from them, will put him in jail a long, long time. Mr. Pretty Boy with the bouffant hair and the uh, fake teeth and the hotshot playboy is going to spend a lot of time behind bars. That's coming. And the fact that they're talking to his ex-girlfriend tells us that they're in the last strokes of this whole process with the grand jury. From that, we'll get an indictment and then Matt Gates will go on trial. And at that point, Kevin McCarthy has no choice but to kick him out of Congress. Now, uh, now, the interesting thing is, this would be the third representative that uh, Kevin McCarthy had to kick out because they were being prosecuted. There were two others for financial crimes or, or just corruption of any kind. So this would be the third representative in his term that he would have to kick out of Congress. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. But under Kevin McCarthy, it seems like it happens a lot. 
a real lie. So Matt Gates' girlfriend is testifying. She did testify. We should see some action here with Matt Gates and all you folks that have been worried about it and complaining about nothing's happening with Matt Gates. Just be patient. Plenty is happening with Matt Gates. He's not going to get away with shit. He's going to get indicted, and ultimately he'll do some jail time. So just watch that, and I'll keep you informed best I can with any information that I get. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I'm going to try to get some sleep, try to feel a little bit better, and, uh, of course, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget to... uh, Reach out to me directly with rationalboomer at gmail.com, that email address, or go to um, anchor.fm and you can leave a voicemail message, and uh, we'll hear from you then. Now, I will tell you, I did get a voicemail message yesterday, and I'm going to play that tomorrow on the podcast. So if Michelle, who left the message, is wondering when it's going to be played, hold on, Michelle. It's going to come up in the next show. So stick with us. You have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.